morning. It is Kale and Company live right here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Great to have you with us on this Thursday morning, the final day of fall. And winter begins tonight, I'm told, at uh, 1027. There you go. Kale and Company Live, presented by Northeast Delta Dental, with individual and family plans designed to fit your lifestyle. Learn more and find your plan at DeltaDentalCoversMe.com. We have a full house here today. Uh, no no pun intended. No, no pun intended. Uh, we have uh, joining us on uh, on Mike 2, ironically enough, from District 2, uh, State Senator Tim Lang, Chairman of the Senate Ways and Means Committee. On uh, Mike 4, for no apparent reason, from uh, District 17, we have uh, State Senator Howard Pearl, Chairman of the uh, Senate Committee on Executive Departments and Administration. And on Mike 5, if you're following at home along with us, we have uh, Merrimack District 4 State Rep Michael Moffat. He is Chair of the House Committee on State and Federal Relations and Veterans Affairs. An impressive panel here today, folks. Not only that, but founding members of the bipartisan Legislative Beer Caucus. There you go. Well, good morning, Ken. Good morning, everyone. Good, good morning, Tim. Good morning, Howard. Good morning, Mike. And uh, last night, all three of you gentlemen were in Exeter uh, meeting with Chris Christie. We had a great time last night. Uh, we met at, over at the Sea Dog Brewery, uh, sat and had just a conversation with Governor Christie over a beer. It was, uh, we talked politics. I mean, what could be better, right? Beer, politics, uh, nice conversation. Uh, th- there you go. So uh, I, I, I was talking with Howard uh, before the show, and he said uh, he's just kind of an easygoing, uh, good guy to talk to. Yeah, he's very laid back, very uh, just easy to have a conversation with, and uh, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and we and we enjoyed it. it. As Tim said, we talked politics, we had a little fun with him, talked about you know a few uh, things that he likes and dislikes about his uh, you know just things that he's done in the past, and it was fun. We had a great time. And, and, and I saw a picture of you guys playing with swords uh, at, at this establishment. I was just going to mention that, Ken. Uh, yeah, beer, we were drinking beer, brandishing swords. Uh, the, national, the media was all kinds of TV from from the me- different networks, CNN. And uh, welcome to New Hampshire. And the reason we, we brandish swords is because uh, I, I have a Marine Corps sword, and Reed has a Navy sword, and Jess Edwards was there last night with an Army sword. And back when we used to do this online in 2020 during COVID, we uh, if somebody was bloviating uh, or talking, <laughs> wait, wait a minute, that's that's, it, we, that's too big we, a word for me. We <laughs> read or I would pull our sword out and brandish the sword, meaning cut to the chase. So there you go. There's yeah. no bloviating in politics, yeah. right. <laughs> or on the radio. I don't think. But uh, at any rate, so now uh, last night it was Chris Christie. I know you've met with. Uh, at least some of the remaining candidates, if not all of them. Uh, so how do, how, do, how do you assess what you've seen so far? Well, I've had, I, again, I've met, I've met with uh, privately with, with Christy and DeSantis and mm-hmm. Nikki. They're all great candidates. I mean, they're, they're, hands down, I think they're all better than our current office holder. Um, so I think, again, I, I think they're great. Um, they different, have different styles. 
um, each one. So, you know, uh, as I, Chris, as Howard said, uh, I found Governor Christie to be the easiest. The easiest guy, again, you can sit down and have a beer with, right? Just, yep. just very conversational, very casual. He's a really great guy to sit and talk to. Uh, I found Nikki. I don't think you can get a better next a better expert. The guy, she was phenomenal in answering questions and having that good sound made you feel really confident in her ability. Um, and Ron DeSantis was great. Again, you know his military background as JAG lawyer uh, in the Navy, working working in Desert Storm uh, with the SEALs over there was was an impressive record. Uh, what he's done in Florida has been been incredible as a governor. So again, they've they've been really good candidates. Absolutely. I think that's the fun part of New Hampshire. It, as I said to Governor Christie last night, you know, politics is a sport here in New Hampshire. It really is. We we enjoy it. We look forward to having these in-depth conversations. And, and you get to meet all of these candidates in person. Everyone does. You don't have to be in a position in the legislature. Everybody can go sit down and talk with the candidates, and, and they're very accessible. And they have to be if they're going to run here in New Hampshire. We are so lucky, Ken, as you know. People all over America are jealous of us, and um, it is what it is. I have friends in California. One of them said, I saw last night Hillary Clinton was in some place called Conway talking to nine people. <laughs> and uh, he said, why didn't they come to, New- to California? And the answer is California is not a battleground state. And uh, it's just so wonderful, and I'm glad. I know the Democrats are change- trying to change things, but it's just so great to- that these people come here. We- it's just wonderful. If you're my, so I, I like telling Mike's story. So Mike's story is uh, his wife lives on the West Coast, and then they travel back and forth. And Mike's wife was out here from California in New Hampshire. Mike was going to a political event, and she was like, who's uh, the speaker? Who's going to be talking? And Mike goes, oh, Congressman Issa. She goes, wait, that's my congressman from California. But she had to come to New Hampshire to Darryl meet I- the guy. <laughs> yeah. She'd never seen Daryl Issa in her own district. <laughs> right. She, she comes here, I take her to the thing in Concord, and there's her congressperson, or his right. congressman, yeah. In California. They all show up for the uh, first in the nation primary, which uh, we still have, and we've had it for 100 years now. But this one... It, it feels a little different in a number of ways in that, you know, the, the clear-cut Republican leader uh, in terms of any poll you want to see is, uh, is Donald Trump. Right. Uh, uh, and then the, the rest, you know, you have to sometimes ask yourself, why are they bothering to run when there is such a deficit? I mean, Trump is like uh, over 50 percent are in that range. And then you have Nikki Haley, who's making some strides. She's in the low 20s, let's say. But uh, but so why are they bothering to run? Well, Ken, I'm endorsed. I, I have endorsed Nikki Haley. Uh, right away when Trump got in, he had 50 reps, state reps endorse him. De- DeSantis got around 50 and Nikki had none until until I, uh, I held off and I, I did endorse Nikki. And since then, uh, it's probably no coincidence she has her numbers have skyrocketed. I, I think there's a direct correlation. There. Absolutely, since my endorsement. Yeah. But ser- seriously, I mean she's up up around thirty percent, and that is huge. And if the president's down in the upper, in fact, if if they if those numbers held intact right now, if Trump was at forty percent, Nikki was at thirty percent, that's a win for Nikki, and her numbers are going to continue to to close in. I think so. I I think uh, Sununu says Nikki's going to win. Uh, Governor Sununu says that, and and I, if she comes within five, it's a win, and she's almost there now. And, and some people might say, well, they're they're running to be uh, vice president, 
uh, and and she has made no bones about the fact that that is not her intent uh, whatsoever. Uh, she doesn't you know want the vice uh, vice presidency role. Uh, she wants to be number one. She she wants to be president. Is there some sense that you get? That these remaining candidates, Chris Christie, Nikki Haley, Ron DeSantis, Vivek Ramaswamy, are they hoping somehow, some way, that Trump is eliminated and ultimately does not get the nomination? Well, well, I think that would that would definitely change the mix, change the scene. You know. Uh, it, Trump does look like he has numbers that are insurmountable. And, and you know, according to the polls right now, that, that may be the case. I mean, we saw the polls were wrong in 2016. They could be wrong in 2024. We, we don't know that yet. I think New Hampshire is a, a good testing ground for many of these folks to see if they can gain traction and, and actually have, you know, the substance to, to, to run the course. Obviously, Super Tuesday in March is a big one. Um, many of them don't make it to that. And I think you're obviously going to see the field thinned even more than it is by the time we get to there. But New Hampshire is a great state for them to, to come and see what their ground game is and see how they're, what, what they can put together for a campaign. And it's uh, obviously Trump having you know issues that, that took him out, as we saw in Colorado. They tried to remove him from the ballot. They've declared that they're going to. I don't feel that that's going to stand when it goes to the Supreme Court. And it shouldn't stand, in my opinion. This is a process issue. It's not a Trump issue or whether you like him or not. This is a process issue for the American people and the American voters should have those decisions as who wins, not a judicial court. Yeah, and, and it also has this uh, a primary has a different feel because uh, the sitting president is not on the ballot. Mm. Uh, 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 I mean, uh, uh, you know, unless you're completing your second term, I think that has to be unprecedented it's actually incredible again you know like to howard's point i actually think that trump's numbers are a little soft um, i don't know that it's as hard as everyone thinks i think when people get into the ballot box they may have second thoughts given everything that's going on in that in that uh arena with him and in the court cases and everything that's going on so i think his numbers are softer than they really are so i think that gives hope to the undercards uh if you will uh in the race that they feel that they can peel some of those percentage points off i mean i go back to look at in in june of 15 just you know, six months away from the presidential primary, Trump was only polling at 1%, right? So it's not unheard of for the person from the back to come to the front and of the pack at the last minute. So, um, but in terms of Biden, right, I, I just think that, that Biden dissing New Hampshire so much that not even bothering to put his name on the ballot um, should be a real eye-opener to the Democrats here in New Hampshire. And, and now they're, they're starting to panic uh, a little bit, I think. So we'll talk about that. And and the real reason you're here coming up uh, right after these words. Kale and Company live right here, WKXLNHtalkradio.com. We are presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Stay with us. Welcome back. It is Kale and Company live here on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com. Not only do we have uh, great guests in in the studio, we we have a studio audience today. (laughs) Heather Birch Pearl is, is here. 
<laughs> so we we appreciate that. And uh, we have uh, Tim Lang here, Senator Tim Lang is from District 2. We have District 17, State Senator Howard Pearl and uh, Michael Moffat from Merrimack District 4. So we, we've got all the bases covered uh, here today from the Republican side of the aisle uh, anyway. But the real reason uh, these guys are here this morning, not necessarily to uh, talk politics, but uh, you guys are going to be uh, out ringing some bells, as I understand it, on, on Saturday. Saturday morning right here in Concord. It'll be our seventh annual kettlebell ringing we've done it uh, as the beer caucus we put together a bunch of legislators that come down and spend the morning on the uh, Saturday before Christmas in front of the state liquor store big surprise uh, on store street (laughs) (laughs) and we'll be there from nine to seven uh, ringing bells I think we've raised over eleven thousand dollars for the Salvation Army in the years we've done it Um, so it should be a great time down there and if you come down at 9 o'clock to 10 o'clock, you can get your picture taken with Senator Lang, Senator Pearl, <laughs> and myself. From uh, 9 to 10. All, all right. Well, that is uh, something that would be suitable for framing. Governor Lynch. <laughs> maybe, maybe for gift giving. Who knows? <laughs> yeah. Governor Lynch came by a year or two ago and had his picture taken with us. I, I think Senator Lang has used that picture uh, to help promote the event. Uh, truly bipartisan raising money for, uh, for the poor. Well, that that is is terrific, and I know uh, you guys have been doing it uh, for a while, and that is certainly a bipartisan effort. There's there's no doubt about that. Uh, so we we salute you guys. I just wish you would, uh, had had brought some bells <laughs> into the studio, and and uh, you know we could have the uh, little uh, a little uh, you know idea of what it's going to sound like uh, on Saturday. Well, I am always blessed to have my wife join me whenever I go anywhere. She's uh, she's an amazing woman who has jumped into th- this whole political arena and uh, having had no previous experience. So I always applaud her because with any of us, we couldn't do this if we didn't have the support of our friends and family. And it's uh, it's crucial because it uh, it can be. Uh, an arduous task sometime being in the legislature and uh, but the the fundraising part of it is one of the great things we do along with uh, my, my one of my favorite parts is having the school groups and they do the tours at the at the state house and, yeah. and the fundraising is right there with it it's it's just uh, a way we can give back to our community I, you know i i think someday i think someday heather birch pearl is going to be on on a ballot <laughs> Some, somewhere at some point that that that's the feeling i get but at any rate saturday the hours again at the uh, at the Store Street, uh, 9 a.m. to 7 a.m. We'll be there all day long. 7 p.m. Oh, 7 p.m. Yeah. Sorry. I'm not staying at 7. Yeah, you're not staying at doing that overnight, Howard. I thought you were coming to midnight shift. <laughs> 9 a.m. to 7 p.m., and it'll be all for the benefit of the uh, Salvation Army. And uh, these three guys will be there, and you never know who might show up. Like you said, one year it was uh, John Lynch. Yeah, we so, might even get a famous radio personality to well, stop. You, 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 you never know. You never know. Sometime between nine and seven on uh, on Saturday at the Store Street uh, location. So uh, there, there you go. And how many years have you been doing it now? So this this will be our seventh. So our seventh, seventh year we wow. put it together. Wow. And, and we mentioned that uh, you know you guys are the the founding members, or, or three of the founding members of the Legislative Beer Caucus, which has been around now for quite some time. And we did mention uh, in our um, off-air preparations for the show that there was really not a, a Democrat as a as an official member of the the Beer Caucus. But I know at one time 
you had uh, uh, Tulsi Gabbard. You were with Tulsi Gabbard, and oh and yeah, she, that's a great. She that joined is. the caucus. Yeah, she came in and had a beer. We were we were coming. <laughs> Mike, you want to tell the story? It's one of your favorites. So, well, we've seen her a couple times, but we had a uh, state convention in Meredith, and then we went to the Meredith Legion, American Legion, afterwards, and uh, Tulsi came in and. Uh, she loves us. She uh, talked to us, had had a beer with us uh, or two, and, and took pictures with us. That are now, of course, we we're on we're fairly fairly active on social media, <laughs> and uh, so her picture was plastered everywhere with us. And then she left the Democratic Party. So there you go. She it, did. It was yeah. fun. Uh, the, the, you know, she she. I was standing at the door when she came in. And she's like, "Is it okay if I come in? I'm a member. Now, I'm not a member. I was signed in by by Representative Edwards. Signed me into the to the Legion. And so I'm like, I'm like, well, you're welcome to come in. I know who you are, but just understand that the room's full of Republicans that just came from the Republican convention. So if you want to wade in, come on in. And she did, and she was phenomenal. She had great conversations with people. Um, it, it was really a, a good time. She areas she can find common ground. We chatted with, and the areas we didn't, we just steered away from. We we believe we may have been instrumental in converting her to move out. Where do we take credit for it? Anyway. I have no doubt. Uh, but uh, I, I on the campaign trail last time around, I, I saw her uh, a couple of times, and I, I thought that she, far and away, was the most impressive at that time Democrat out there. I don't think there was any question. Mm. But but I don't think. Democrats liked her very much. She's not very progressive. Yeah. Right? That's a new Democratic word. Everyone's going progressive, you know. And so she was not into that um, that side. She was. I thought she was great about governance um, and, and the role of government. Um, so I thought she was really good at that. And I think again, I I think that Democrats were leaning way further left than she wanted to go. And I remember when she came back. Uh, not too long ago, uh, to endorse General Bolduc. Yes, uh, when he was running for Senate. Yeah, we saw her in the general at the eggshell in, yeah. in Loudon. Yeah, and, uh, that was a very fun event. We were all there. Got a lot of pictures. Uh, uh, yeah, New Hampshire. Uh, just, just love it here. I got to go up right after that event. We went up. She went up to Laconia. I got to introduce her uh, into the event up in Laconia. So again, and she was campaigning for General Baltic for yeah. Republican for Senate. Yeah. So you know, I was so impressed by her, and uh, she is so articulate and so well spoken on all uh, you know all of the topics that she's been questioned on over the years. Uh, does she have any future in politics, or does she want? A future in politics anymore? You know, the two-party system kind of pushes her to the outside now that she's running with, you know, as an I, uh, independent, undeclared New Hampshire. Um, it, it makes her up. I was at an event in uh, Florida recently, a tax policy event, and I bumped into a congressman from, uh, or, or I should say a state representative from Hawaii. She is not beloved within the Democratic Party in Hawaii right now. So I don't know what that means for her. Yeah, uh, but uh, I, I would like to see her back out there. I, I think she, uh, regardless of uh, who the candidate may, may be, uh, you know, on, on the Republican side, I, I think she would make a great vice presidential candidate. I like her, and yeah. uh, I think she's become a pundit. She's very articulate. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, she's a veteran. Or I think she still serves a uh, congressperson, former presidential candidate. Uh, yeah, Ken, very impressive uh, woman, and uh, I don't think we've heard the last from her or of her. I, I would hope not, because I, I think she has so much to offer, uh, and uh, really, could someone that could work with both sides of the aisle, 
uh, very easily. She's probably uh, loved more now by Republicans than Democrats <laughs> at, at this point in time. But, uh, but nonetheless, still, I, I would think a very viable candidate for something. You know, it, it's. I know she's, you know, working, uh, doing some work for Fox these days, and uh, and she's very good at it. But boy, we we need more like her. I think, you know, that uh, that can work with both sides of the aisle, like you guys. You guys always work with both <laughs> sides of the aisle on on a uh, you know state level. So, you know, and and I think you see that more, don't you? Uh, don't you feel that way more on a state level than you do a, a national level? Yes, in every state is different. I will say that last night after the Chris Christie event that we did, I was with Senator Lang and we went to uh, Tandy's here in Concord uh, to a birthday party for a uh, a Democrat state rep. Um, I I won't say much more than that. Uh, You better not. It's a family show. (laughs) 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 Well, it was a a birthday party at Tandy's. But the the point is that... uh, yeah, we were, uh, uh, you know, having fun with people. There was an independent there, Republican. So, yeah, we... we, uh, we the amazing thing about New Hampshire, most people don't hear this, is eight, almost 75 to 80% of the work we do is bipartisan. We either agree to kill it or agree to pass it. Um, and that's the consent calendar that shows up in the House or in the Senate, right? Those are bills we all agreed unanimously were either good or bad. And that accounts for almost 75% of what we do. Well, yeah. well, certainly on the Senate side, there's only 24 of us. We have to work together. We have to come to a consensus, and sometimes we have to do the political posturing and go to our corners. But for the most part, I will tell you that it is uh, very collegial. We get along very well. Um, we, we sometimes have personal friendships with you know, our fellow senators as well, and it, it, it's really not about party. It's about doing the things that will help New Hampshire be a better place. That is District 17 State Senator Howard Pearl, also in the House, District 2 State Senator Tim Lang, and... We have uh, Merrimack District 4 State Representative Michael Moffat with us as well, working on an article right now for next week's uh, Weir's Times, <laughs> right here, e- even as we speak. We'll take a break. Kale & Company continues right here, and we still have Pat's Peaks uh, tickets to give away. Pat's Peak tickets, uh, lift tickets, and we'll give them away sometime during the next half hour uh, of the show right here, uh, 603-224-1450 is the number to call. We'll take a break. Kale and Company Live continues here on WKXL, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. We'll be right back. We welcome you back. And it may not be a white Christmas, as you just heard, for 2023, but we have three guys in the studio right now that will put you in the holiday spirit and they're going to do that uh, Saturday from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. right out in front of a place where there are uh, lots of spirits. <laughs> the, uh, uh, the New Hampshire State Liquor Outlet on uh, Store Street in Concord. They've been doing it now for, for seven years and uh, raising some much-needed funds for the Salvation Army. And uh, that that is terrific. Tim Lang is with us. Tim is the uh, District 2 State Senator, District 17 State Senator. Uh, Howard Pearl is with us. Heather left. She couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> and and uh, Mike Moffat is here. And uh, Mike is the uh, chair of the House Committee on State and Federal Relations and Veterans Affairs, a veteran himself. 
from uh, District 4 State Rep. And, you know, I'd like to go around the table, and uh, we have another legislative session coming up in the not-too-distant future after the holidays. And uh, what each of you would like to see uh, accomplished in the upcoming uh, legislative session. We'll start with uh, who's uh, they're, 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 uh, they're 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 trying to decide who's going to go first here. So so Mike Moffat, we'll leave it up to you. You go first. Well, I have a resolution in uh, which will probably come to my committee on uh, Taiwan. Uh, I recently visited Taiwan with a legislative delegation from New England. A wonderful trip. Uh, my committee has some bills. We have a lot of uh, resolutions and, and uh, concurrent resolutions uh, for constitutional changes. So the Taiwan resolution is one. Uh, there's some other more arcane resolutions I won't get into. Uh, some are very, I was talking about last night, some are very interesting. I have, I'll, I'll say one more and then I'll turn it over to the senators. Uh, I have a bill in that may get some attention that has to do with protecting uh, young people from um, internet pornography. Uh, a former rep who was not reelected asked me to put that bill in, and I had just been um, at a convention where I had, uh, or a conference where I had sat in on a session about this problem. Uh, the state of Utah and the state of Louisiana have measures that are law to protect youngsters from um, the, the, the uh, pornography in the internet. So that's something that that I'm involved in. Uh, among many other things, and the senators, I'm sure, have some, some great stuff to share. So I, uh, one of my proposals this year is to change the school building aid um, for education. Um, right now, we kind of have a what I consider a broken process. We allocate up to $50 million for building aid. Schools then submit their proposals. This year, we had 22 proposals. We funded three of them, which means 19 districts wasted money by preparing proposals that never got a single wow. dollar from the state, but they wasted state education dollars. So what this money, what my bill proposed to do is basically create a sinking fund and allocate money each year to a district for building aid so that over the 10 years, or the first 10 years, they'll have money in a savings account, basically, that the district could access. And they know it's earmarked for them. Um, and they just got to send a building plan in that we can approve. And that was Tim Lang, Howard Pearl. I think it's going to be an interesting year, Ken. We've got over 300 bills in the wow. Senate that were filed. And uh, chairing uh, EDNA, we, uh, we look a lot at occupational licensing and retire state retirement issues, <clears throat> both of which uh, underwent a lot of work last year. And we've got some Fixes that still have to occur. You know, we worked on license reciprocity because, we, as we all know, we have a shortage of, of workers in our state, and we, especially uh, professional folks that have professional licenses. And we want to make sure that those licenses are, are more portable so that people that want to come here and, and provide the services that we need in the state can do so in an easier fashion. So there'll be continued work on that. Um, there'll be some other bills. Uh, I serve on the Energy Committee as well, and Vice Chair of Energy, and, and uh, which also covers agricultural issues, which is a passion of mine, as you know. So I've got myself, I ended up, I think, filing 16 bills. That Most of them were technical fixes to things we had done last year. But, uh, we, you know, constitutional carry was one that we passed uh, that's in 2017. In fact, that was the very first bill that I co-sponsored. 
And uh, we identified a small issue with that as far as uh, the licenses that we still issue for reciprocity purposes. So I've got a bill in to try and correct that concern so that when folks are traveling with a concealed weapon, they're not running into any legal issues in other states unnecessarily. Um, It's going to be a very interesting season. I think the other notable one that I'm working on, Senator Birdsell filed a bill about ownership of land around critical infrastructure uh, by the the residents of China or companies from China. And that can impact agricultural land as well. And so we're working on that to try and make sure that while we want to make sure that is in place and we protect our land from foreign ownership in the sense that could be dangerous to us, we also need to understand that there's a a lot of research dollars that come through from the uh, companies that may have some ownership by uh, Chinese companies, and we want to make sure that we're not limiting that so that our, our agricultural research dollars that go to UNH can, can still be there to help benefit the farmers in New Hampshire. Now, for those who don't know, Howard has been in the farming business for his entire life. I have. Uh, and uh, has, a, has a wonderful farm uh, in Loudoun. And uh, he, he tells me he can see Pat's Peak uh, from the farm, <laughs> as well as the uh, Cro- Crotchet Mountain uh, ski area. Uh, but, uh, you know, I, I want to ask you, I know there is concern about the climate these days and what it is doing to uh, to farming, uh, specifically here uh, in New Hampshire. Do you have concerns over that? Well, listen, Ken, the farming industry has been dealing with a changing climate for forever. The climate is always changing, and it's uh, something that we just have to learn to adapt to. This, this past year, we saw just absolutely record rainfalls throughout the summer and extremely cold weathers in, in late May, a late freeze that devastated 80% or more of our, our fruit crop, apples, and especially peaches. Uh, they, it, it devastated the entire peach crop, and, and the numbers that we're seeing looks like about 80% of the apple crop. The excessive rain uh, made it for so we didn't have the heating degree days that we normally have for growing the other produce, so we saw... I don't have exact numbers on that, but for my own numbers at the farm, roughly a 50% crop loss on sweet corn, uh, any of the cucurbits, you know, the, the different types of squash that we grow. So there are a couple of bills in that um, Senator Ennis and Senator Fenton have filed to try and provide some state dollars for when we have tragic years like this where the, the weather is just creates insurmountable losses because the, the, we have a a good agricultural community in our state, but it, it's dwindling, and we want to make sure that we're not losing that. We've seen a, a tremendous decrease in the amount of dairy farms that we have over the last 50 years, and it, for various reasons in that case. But we want to make sure that we're keeping our agricultural base intact because food security is one of the things that we need to make sure we we are attuned to in New Hampshire and that it stays uh, as a priority for us to to know where our food is coming from. Now, it, it looks like the weather temperature-wise is going to be seasonable uh, for the, the holiday weekend. Uh, but what if it does, what if it gets warm? Uh, let's say, you know, a, a 50 or 60 degree day uh, during the winter. Is that uh, impactful to, uh, you know, to the environment and, and what you're doing? So I'm in the maple syrup business. Yeah. And, you know, a, a day or two is not uncommon. We always have, a, you know, a January thaw. We'll have a, a, a few days where it's 40s and 50s. What we're more concerned with is we don't want to see a long stretch of, say, 60-plus degree weather because that would signal to the trees that it's time to come out of dormancy and they could start 
you know, working on producing those leaf buds. And then if it got cold again, that would, you know, it'd be difficult for them to maintain that. It could definitely impact the foliage and, and how well they leaf out in the spring. Yeah, so it can have an impact, no no doubt about that. Absolutely. All right. So since we mentioned uh, Pat's Peak and uh, Howard can see it uh, from his farm, <laughs> which is, you know, a number of miles away. I mean, he's in Loudoun and that's in Henniker. So, you know, that is a, a considerable distance. Yeah, we can actually yeah. see all the way over into Vermont. We, wow. Uh, we have the good fortune of having wonderful sunsets at yeah. the farm. We get a great view to the west. So on a, on a clear night or a clear day, you can see forever, right? <laughs> it feels like it. So right now we'll give away a pair of uh, lift tickets for uh, Pat's Peak, and we'll take uh, the first caller that comes through at 603-224-1450, 603-224-1450. Do any of you guys ski? I do. I, I, like used, I used to. I yeah. haven't skied lately. I, I do yeah. not. That would just be a disaster. Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel the same way as you, Howard. I've, I, I've grown up in New England. I've been here all my life, and uh, you know, I've 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 never skied. No, I was always concerned that winter sports would be a problem if I, you know, did have a, an incident where it caused a broken bone or something. We, we were pretty busy in February and March with maple, and I need to make sure I'm in good health. And there you I, I go. Le- I learned to ski at Pat's Peak. So, yeah, you know what? I've run into so many people that say that. So I, I went to elementary school right here in Concord at St. John's Regional uh, School, and we had a ski program. And every Thursday, we'd pack up our skis in the afternoon, we'd go out to Pat's Peak, and they'd give us oh, a ski wow. lesson and let us ski for the remainder of the night. Yeah, I, I guess it's a great place to learn and a great place to ski. They have great night skiing there as well as Pat's Peak. So uh, give us a call to claim those lift tickets, 603 224 1450. Uh, is the number. I don't believe we have given them away yet, but uh, we will shortly. And I've heard so many people say that same thing. Uh, Dan Weed was here yesterday from Weed Family Automotive in Concord. He learned to ski at uh, at Pat's Peak. And and our winner yesterday of the tickets learned to ski at Pat's Peak. Yeah, my, I, my I kid's my did. first girl. Yeah. <laughs> on the lift at Pat's Peak. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> well, my kids learned there as yeah. well. And well I'm, I don't know if Charlie kissed any girls there. I'm not sure. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't share that with I'm Betty. <laughs> <laughs> we'll be right back with uh, Tim Lang, Howard Pearl, and Mike Moffat right after these words. Kale and Company continues here on WKXL NHTalkRadio.com, presented by Northeast Delta Dental. Kale and Company Live, WKXL, NHTalkRadio.com. We have Senators Tim Lang and Howard Pearl in studio, State Rep Mike Moffat. And uh, on the line, we have our winner, Paul. Paul, good morning to you. Good morning. Hey, it's great to have you with us. Where are you from, Paul? Uh, Illinois. I learned to ski out there, not at Pat's Peak, so I apologize to it's not a- have that uh, ability to be like everyone else. It's okay. It's okay. Not everyone learned to ski at Pat's Peak. Uh, where in Illinois? I was up by the Champaign area. Ah, okay. So we have to ask you, Cubs or White Sox? <laughs> Cubbies. Cubbies. All, all the way. All right. Growing up, going up, going to the ball game, you know, singing with Harry Carey. You know, Fenway's great, but Cubs for life. I was only at Wrigley once, but I, I really enjoyed the experience there. And you know what I found about Wrigley? There weren't as many obstructed view seats at Wrigley <laughs> as there are at Fenway Park. <laughs> <laughs> so, at any rate, Paul, congratulations. Have you skied Pat's Peak before? 
Oh, yeah. I've lived in New Hampshire since 96. So oh, okay. I've, so you're a native now. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Since, yeah, since I just, uh, you know, didn't have my first kiss at uh, Pat's no. <laughs> <laughs> Well, Paul, congratulations. Uh, glad you're listening, and uh, and thanks for calling in today. Uh, great show, guys. All right. Thank you. There is Paul, a winner of our tickets today. And, you know, we were talking a little bit uh, during the break. Uh, you know, people sometimes, you know, say the, the state legislature is, is too large in New Hampshire. I know it's one of the top three in, in terms of members governing bodies in the world. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, there is so much diversity. And, and I think that makes a huge difference when you think about it. Uh, I mean, you know, in many of the, the states in this in this country, you know, they're all you know, they're all making more money than you guys in the legislature. And they're all basically career politicians. You know, well, I, I, I love that we're citizen legislators. Yeah, right. Yeah. It's regular people. You know, right. Howard's a farmer. I'm a technology guy. Mike's right. a military guy. Right. Right. Yeah. We're, we're not professional politicians. Um, we're, we're citizen legislators uh, doing it because we want to do it. It's definitely not for the money. When you consider a U.S. Congress, which is number two, I think, in the world, makes one hundred and seventy-four thousand dollars a year, while we're sitting a hundred bucks a year. Yeah. So we don't yeah. do it for the money. We do it for the passion of the policy. I think the interesting part is we have the, the largest uh, state legislature, uh, you know, in, in the House of 400 members, but we have the third smallest Senate. Senate, yeah. So the yeah. contrast is really interesting, um, yeah. and it, it's, uh, it creates quite a dynamic. There has to be a lot of give and take and a lot of bipartisanship, especially on the Senate side, because we are such a small group. Yeah, now, uh, both... Uh, Howard and and Tim are in the Senate for their their first terms. Uh, how have you found it different from serving uh, in the legislature? Boy, night and day. Uh, you a you have about ten times the work because you're on. I chair uh, EDNA, I vice chair Energy, and I also sit on finance. So it's uh, it, it's every day of the week. Quite honestly, you're doing something with a with a constituent because your constituent body is significantly larger you're representing roughly 55,000 citizens whereas a house seat is mm-hmm. approximately 3500 yeah so your constituent base is larger you're uh, you know, I have 12 communities that I that I serve um, and represent, and they're great communities. I'm fortunate that they're all very similar in the sense that they're small communities of, uh, you know, five to eight thousand people for the most part, and, uh, and they're very, their needs are reasonably similar. But I have uh, at least five different school districts that I work with, so you, you do run into these conflicts at times where what's good for one district. You know, in in your Senate district, one school district, it may not be for another. As, as Tim talked about school aid, um, the community of Barnstead is one that I represent, and they were number six or seven. I'm trying to remember now on that school list, and um, I actually serve on the building aid committee that gives that uh, helps to decide where the dollars go. And it's uh, it's disappointing when you have a real need that you can see and you're not able to get to it because the the funding is just you know it's limited. On, on finance, we have. We see requests all the time. We have essentially five asks for every dollar we have. Mm. And it's really hard to decide where to put that money right. and how to make best use of it for the citizens of New Hampshire. 
Jimothy, the last I, I, time I, you were in, I know, I know what you said, Tim. The last, <laughs> last time you were in, which is not too long ago, the difference between serving in the House and in the I Senate was you, you don't Senate. have to deal with 399 other personalities. Exactly. Now, now right. you're just 20, dealing with 25, right? Only 23 personalities uh, yeah, I have yeah, to yeah. deal with oh, there you uh, go. versus yeah. the House, which is 399. The ability to get things done over in the Senate and to have those conversations is so much easier um, and to actually move a policy position forward. I, yes. I absolutely love the Senate for that reason the house was a struggle i was a chair let my last term in the house and uh, and even as chair trying to get the other you know I, I have 20 members on my committee i can kind of corral but then i got 380 i still got to work into the in, into what's going on um and, and the divisiveness makes it even rougher but as Howard said, you aren't dealing with more constituents uh, than you would uh, in the House. I spend way more time. Uh, I, I don't think as a House member, I took more than three terms, six years. I took more than a, hand, a dozen, handful to a dozen phone calls from constituents. I'll take three a week easily Wow. Um, now from yeah. constituents. Where, and most of the time, it's just get, making the connections that they need. So I'm putting, getting them in, in, in touch with who they need to talk to because they're either can't find the right person or they're getting a little bit of a runaround. So I do like that the commissioners call me up and call me back when I yeah. make a phone call, yeah. which yes. I'm not sure happened when I was a House member. <laughs> <laughs> I love. And, being, and Michael, when are you going to graduate to the House? I, to the Senate, I mean. I love, uh, being, uh, I love being a rep. I don't want to be a senator. Uh, uh, <laughs> I, have two, I have two towns. That's fine. And I, I, I actually love all the people and the energy and the big crowd. Uh, you know, these guys are wonderful senators, and God bless them. Uh, but I'm, I'm very happy being in the big house. Like, yeah. like the big house. Like in the big house. <laughs> <laughs> well, How well, you many know, years Mike? you serving, Mike? <laughs> <laughs> Mike is my rep, and I'm his senator. So the only so, way he gets to move in where I am is if he knocks me off or I move on. There you go. So, so Mike, Mike is happy in the big house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to quote him on that. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. And, of course, um, Michael Moffat also does a, a weekly column in the Weir's Times, widely read by uh, virtually everybody in the state. Uh, what, what's what's the column about this week? Snow games. Uh, football in the snow. I, real quick, I, I would love to see a Super Bowl that gets drenched in rain. And we need mud in all these indoor Super Bowls. So, uh, like the the uh, Vinatieri game. Yeah. Uh, you yeah. Know, you know, that type of thing. So, bring on the snow and mud. Uh, it'll be a couple of years before they're outdoors in the Super Bowl. But someday, there'll be a Super Bowl that get where they get drenched and all the fat cats and the halftime show gets washed out. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they call me a sicko, but that's, that's, that, that, that's okay because there, there was one time, uh, you know, they did play the Super Bowl in the Meadowlands. Remember that? And that, there was one hope yep. for maybe yes. rain or snow, but <laughs> it, it never. It, degrees. I know, I know. It, it was disappointing because that's the reason. I mean, that Thanksgiving Day game, the early one in Detroit. I always look forward to that on Thanksgiving when I was a kid because you inevitably see a lot either snow or a lot of mud uh, in Detroit because they played outdoors at that time. But now it's, you know, it's indoors uh, in Detroit, so it's going to be the same climate all the time. So you want to see snow and mud too, right? I do. I do. That's that's what football is all about. Well, you know, maybe I should approach the NFL about yeah. holding one in my back pasture. Trust me, there's plenty of mud out there. You got plenty of mud there. The cows are long gone from you. Absolutely. But uh, at any rate, I, I admire all of you guys having served uh, one term in, in the house. I know how much work it can be. I mean, it, it can be a full-time job if you uh, if you make it. 
that way. And uh, I, I had other jobs at the time, as all of you do as well. Uh, and uh, I, I just didn't feel that I was being fair to my constituents because I, you know, had two or three other broadcasting jobs at, at the time. Uh, but but you guys do it, and you're able to to multitask uh, very very well. I admire everyone who uh, either serves in the House or uh, in the Senate, and and gets paid a hundred dollars a year. Plus mileage, right? And yes. and and tolls, and tolls. <laughs> but still, but still, yeah. you'd, you'd be quite amazed sometimes at the places I'm taking phone calls. How many calls I've had with with the governor or with other senators while I'm mowing hay in a tractor? And it's, <laughs> uh, it, it's very interesting. Yeah. Oh, I, I'm I'm sure that it is. And gentlemen, uh, uh, don't forget you can meet all these guys on a Saturday. You will all be there from nine to ten, right? Correct. In the morning. At the uh, New Hampshire Liquor Outlet on Store Street in Concord. But the uh, bell ringing will go on from 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. If you want your pictures with these guys <laughs> suitable for framing, you have to be there between uh, 9 and 10 on uh, Saturday at the State Liquor Outlet. All raising money for the Salvation Army, and they've done it now. This is the seventh year, so we thank you uh, for that because there is certainly a huge need for it. Gentlemen, thank you. The time goes by uh, much too quickly. Yes, it does. We'll have you back again soon. And uh, tomorrow, don't you, don't forget now, we have the uh, Friday Fun Bunch tomorrow with uh, resident flick chick Kitty Ray and Tom Raffio from Northeast Delta Dental. It'll be our special Christmas edition. And it's going to be very special. We'll, we'll try to think of something uh, <laughs> to come up with for tomorrow on the Friday Fun Bunch. But uh, Tim Lang, Howard Pearl, Mike Moffat, thank you all for being here today. And uh, Merry Christmas to you and uh, all of your families. Merry, Merry Christmas, Christmas Ken. Ken. Thank you. We, we appreciate you being the warm-up for the Fun Bunch. Uh, there, there you go. <laughs> You'll have to join the Fun Bunch one of these days. That'll do it for this edition of Kale & Company on WKXL, nhtalkradio.com.